welcome to the Find Your Best Future podcast. This is the podcast that helps international families make great decisions when it comes to choosing university courses. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Find Your Best Future podcast. Today um, is a really important podcast. Uh, It's an area uh, that we're going to be looking at that is uh, probably one of the most studied uh, uh, subjects uh, on earth um, for bachelors. Uh, We're going to be looking at what today, uh, Jeremy? Well, uh, the answer to your question is we're going to be looking at studying business. Yeah, and business is one of these things that uh, it sounds like one thing, but in fact it's... uh, uh, it's a, a very a multi-headed beast. It's a hydra when it comes to um, uh, a course, is it not? I think this is the first recorded example of uh, Greek mythology popping up in our podcast. But I'm, there you I'm, go. I'm happy to go with it, Neil. Yes, <laughs> yes, um, it, it, it is a, a, you know, a multi-headed beast, whatever you said. Um, it's a huge and diverse area, offering very interesting careers the opportunity to travel all over the world working for a large multinational or maybe right. or maybe you and your friends want to found a startup and between these two extremes in size there's a multitude of different types of businesses and different mm-hmm. openings for you yeah it's it's enormous so we're going to try and cover the breadth uh, of the different areas give you a picture of the kind of things that uh, uh, are possible, um, and then we're going to drill in also to to how you can uh, uh, you know apply and how you can tailor your application. So uh, stick with us. So it really is a huge area of business, uh, and and uh, you know the scope of 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 what you can study, but also of course the the jobs that you can do. Uh, afterwards, so it's really enormous. Uh, Jeremy, could you give us some idea of the kind of uh, of things that we're talking about? Well, when you use the word enormous, you're not wrong, Neil. Uh, there's just a mass, mass of different types of business. For example, there's project management, entrepreneurship, e-commerce, marketing, finance, international business, business administration, human resource management, management analysts, accounting, business admin, business analysis, business computing, business ethics, business statistics, commercial law, developing markets, economic principles, international studies, management, research, technology. And it goes on and on and on. (laughs) (laughs) It was all out of your own head. You didn't read that, did you, at all? He's got it stored there. It's it's all there. It's amazing. It really is. (laughs) And, And the real challenge here... For a, for a student who is coming from school, is to really you know what do I do with that huge choice of of offerings? Uh, you know how do I process that? Uh, do I need to process it? Indeed, uh, do I need to 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 have an idea of of the end when I'm at the beginning? Not really. I mean, there are one or two business programs which which are very specifically targeted right from the word go, like um, accountancy, for example. But most business programs follow a, a similar pattern, I would say. You, you, you take the basic areas of business during years one and two, and then by year three, you'll probably have a much clearer picture of where your interests lie, and you'll be able to specialize by selecting from a list of electives. It's, I mean, depends on the size of the university you go to, how much scope and choice you have. But it, you, you will actually have that little bit of time to have a look at business studies at university before you really have to make those decisions as to exactly which direction you want to go in. Right, and um, that's pretty reassuring uh, for students. Um, but let's skip to the end and, and sort of take a look at, at the kind of jobs that are on offer, um, uh, a business degree can open an awful lot of doors, can't it? Uh, uh, could you just paint us an idea of, of, of the kind of things that you could do uh, with such a degree? Certainly. I mean, obviously, we can't go through the entire list because no. uh, we've been here all night doing this podcast. Um, but just to give you a little taste of, of a few of the perhaps more popular or better known ones, you could become a, a public relations person, you know, right. uh, helping organizations promote themselves and maintain the right image. Or perhaps you want to go into sales, selling products and services from one business to another. 
um, or maybe management consulting. This involves advising client businesses on how to make changes or improvements and help them implement these. And then again, of course, there's a whole area of finance, you know, accountancy, investment management, investment banking, retail banking, insurance, those sort of areas. Or maybe you'd rather go into the retail area as a store management, buying, uh, merchandising. Um, another particularly popular area I find with students is hospitality management, you know, running a hotel or working for a large hotel chain in their head office. Mm -hmm. um, human resources is also uh, quite a popular one. It involves recruiting, developing and motivating staff, dealing with redundancy proceedings, all of those sort of things. Or, or, or maybe a marketing career, um, usually varied. It covers both understanding potential customers or clients and also seeking to influence their behavior. And a lot of right. this, of course, is now done uh, using social media. Yes, and so, and all of these um, professional areas are, uh, are really um, covered by um, studying a business uh, degree and, 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 are there any others? So, uh, you know, is that uh, uh, exhaustive? I mean, I know it goes on and on and on. I guess you can also work in the, the public sector. Is that right? Yes, indeed. Uh, you might end up working in local government um, because they obviously uh, require business skills to uh, operate their budgets and to organize the, the local government functions. Or perhaps yeah. you want to teach business in a school. Yeah, or teachers. Or a university, yes or work in media as a journalist or editor specializing right. in business matters. I mean, a lot of journalists don't actually study to be journalists per se. They study something like business or economics or politics, and then they use those specialist skills um, to work as a journalist. Maybe you want to go and work for charity because they after all, are after all businesses as well. They do fundraising, marketing, uh, finance, all those skills are used in, in charities. So there's really a lot of different areas that you can go into here. Indeed. And I, I think, um, you know, uh, it's also one of those degrees that you don't actually necessarily need to go on and do a master's degree. Um, often people uh, exit with a with a bachelor in, in business and, and go directly into the workplace. Is that right? Yes, they do. And sometimes they come back, you know, a year or two or five later and go into an MBA, a master Indeed. of business. And that's quite a normal route. But, yes. but it is one of those degrees that allows you to um, access the, the employment market uh, uh, probably a little bit quicker than, than some areas where, you know, for instance, law, where you're going to be studying and studying and studying uh, uh, for a long time. Uh, and so students who, who want to get to work um, maybe that's the right choice for them. Yes, it's, it's really an entree into a company or organization. And um, if you're a student listening to this, don't think that your education finishes when you finish university. It certainly doesn't. Companies are very keen to um, promote people and to upskill them. So you will be learning on the job once you right. get into, into your first company. So a huge range of different um, areas that you can work in. Um, you know, what are the, the sort of main areas that the majority of people end up uh, uh, going towards, Jeremy? Well, I think probably uh, human resources, sales, marketing, um, and management consulting are, are the major areas people go into. Uh, right. But there are, these of course, are, Lots of these are realms in their own own right, aren't they? These are they these are, are sort of yes. whole areas of of work, and you can you can spend your whole career potentially in uh, one of these, or even in, in a niche of one of these. Um, so, for students who are listening, you know, your mum or dad might might be working within a, a subsection of even a subsection uh, because this world is so great. Um, give us a quick idea of of of, of, of what these areas look like, maybe starting off with uh, uh, human resources. What is human resources, first of all? Well, human resources are probably the most valuable resource a company has. Uh, it, has <laughs> it basically means the people working there and all the skills and, and, and uh, capabilities that they possess. So 
Human resources is, is very important because they, they work on the recruitment side. They want to recruit the right people for the company because that pushes the company forwards. Right. Um, and, of course, contracts are part of that, obviously. And then employee relations and welfare is very important to keep, to keep the staff happy because they'll be more effective workers for the company. And then other things like employment law, health and safety, pay and benefits, training programs, coaching, all of these sort of things come under HR, human resources. Right. And so, so, you know, coming with a business degree, you might not be the legal specialist in this area, but, but if you were working within HR, you may well be the person who's coordinating all of these aspects, uh, uh, driving um, uh, each one forwards, or maybe working within a specific area uh, that doesn't require a... Um, uh, you know, uh, a specific professional training. Is that right? Yes, although as far as the legal side is concerned, as you flagged that up, I mean, HR managers usually have a certain level of knowledge Indeed. about the, the, the local legal structure in whichever country they're employed in. Um, mm. But most companies have, you know, lawyers or legal experts on hand or else they outsource this to other specialist firms. Right. And, and, you know, the classic picture of, of an HR person. Um, is it really correct, you know, the sort of uh, outgoing uh, people person, uh, if you're thinking about doing HR, uh, or or a different um, personality types also uh, 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 encouraged to, to work in that realm? Quite a mixture of personalities, I would say. I'm still thinking about all the HR people I've come into contact with. Um, but I, I think that you... You do need to have a great deal of attention to detail and, yes. and, be, and be well organized in this and also understand people because you're going to have to go and recruit the right person. And if you are on the HR side of things, obviously you'll be talking to the sort of senior management of, of the company you're working for because they will have some ideas about the type of person they want. And then you're going to have to go and find that person or those persons. Right. And to, in today's world, that can be quite analytical, um, uh, can't it? Mm. You know, there are lots of uh, uh, software solutions, uh, um, uh, lots of, uh, of different um, tools that are used in order to look at personality types, uh, skills, knowledge, uh, all of those things. I know that in large companies, um, you know, even AI uh, solutions are, uh, are mm. very frequently used. And so... Um, you know, it, it really is a, a world that uh, um, connects a whole broad spectrum of, 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 of different things. Um, another area is sales, I guess. Um, in the end, every company needs to do that. They need to sell uh, what they do, and therefore sales is critically important, is it not? Very important, because without sales, you're not going to get any revenue coming into the Indeed. company. And uh, that, that would be, in the long term or medium term, quite disastrous. So sales is very, very important, selling the services or goods to other consumers or to other businesses. Right. And, and you know, sales, what does that come? Does it mean sort of walking around uh, in a shop or, or <laughs> what, is, what is sales? Uh, you know, you know, is it the person who, who um, just gives you your, 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 the shopping um, or, or, or is it bigger than that? It's quite a lot bigger, actually, because you need to research and find new customers and clients for, for your business. It, it's not as if you just sort of find a few customers and just stay. Uh, you, you're constantly looking to expand and diversify your customer base. Um, you need to research the competitor's products to see what else is in the marketplace and try and assess uh, what problems might arise when you go out to potential customers and try and sell your product. Sure. And you, you'll be liaising with customers and building relationships with them over a period of time um, in order to secure sales. Fantastic. And I guess an associated area is marketing. Yes, this is more the sort of the soft sell part of the business, understanding why people choose the product um, and then trying to engage with the customer's interest to make sure your company's product is chosen you know, above the competitor's products. Um, so market research uh, uh, and monitoring the market because markets are changing so rapidly. Um, brand identity. This is a, 
a subsection of marketing, if you like, and it's it's a very very interesting um, area nowadays because there's a lot of branding going on. Almost everything is branded. If you think if you go out and buy a particular pair of trainers because it's right. branded with a name, or maybe... even individuals are branded, aren't they, Jeremy? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yes. And then you've got sort of the whole advertising, copywriting side of things, um, design and packaging. Uh, that's also very important because people sometimes take decisions on what to purchase on the, just the visual appearance. Um, Completely. Communications. I mean, I mentioned social media, uh, and this is very, very important nowadays in the, in the whole field of marketing. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. And um, it isn't necessarily that you will you will be, you know, designing the packaging but you may well be working with a, an advertising agency um uh, and outsourcing uh, you know perhaps social media uh, agencies or or working with um uh, design agencies uh, to actually get to where you want to be so it's a it's a a very interesting area if you're interested in that kind of uh, uh realm um Another associated area is uh, something called PR. What 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 is PR? First yeah, P, PR stands for public relations. It's about maintaining and improving the reputation of the organisation by influencing how other people perceive it. And there's a lot of crossover with with the area of marketing uh, because you're seeking to influence people uh, with the aim, of course, of uh, boosting the sales and revenue of the company you're working for. So. The whole public relations image of the organization is very, very important, how people perceive your organization. Right. And I guess there's a, there are a couple of other worlds that aren't really associated with the, the sort of uh, realms that we have been uh, just discussing. Um, one is um, management consulting. Uh, my son's sort of interested in that. And it appears to me that they're just sort of know-it-alls who go along and, <laughs> and tell people what to do and uh, get paid lots of money. Is that right? Um, I think there might be a bit more to it than that. <laughs> <laughs> I think there might. I think I, think yeah. I was joking. <laughs> I think so too, because if it were that easy, we could all become management consultants. We could. Uh, so tell yeah. us a bit about what they are and what they do. Well, it's, it's really about solving problems for your clients. Um, the, the, there are companies who actually go into other organizations and they look at the structures and the way the organization is being run and they identify ways in which that organization can improve or solve problems which the organization has already um, identified. So there's, there's a, a lot of uh, analysis going on, working out solutions. Um, advising, presenting solutions to clients, and implementing change, of course, uh, in things like by organizing training sessions for client organizations. Um, so there's really a lot of sort of reaching out to other organizations in the whole management consulting area. Yeah, and it is a huge area. Um, yes. You know, four of the, the world's largest companies uh, are management consulting companies of various types, and uh, they they do employ a large number of graduates. Um, many people go there for like three, four years, um, and, and work in different companies all the time. So they'll 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 they really um, get a lot of professional learning through through working with these companies, and then zoom in on one particular realm that they like uh, and then stay in that field. So uh, it can be a really popular um, way of um, you know, deepening your network, but also deepening your understanding uh, of the kind of things that you're looking for in your career. Another route um, is uh, startups. Yeah, I mean, startups are very popular nowadays, of course. Um, a, a lot of students, while doing their bachelor degree, actually found their own startup. And sometimes, sometimes they're very successful and they, they uh -huh. go on and uh, yeah, pursue that sort of uh, future for themselves. Um, and again, but, looking at, looking at um, you know, my son's experience, he's, he graduated uh, last year. One of his best friends, his housemates, uh, started a, a startup called Pluffle. Um, which is a sort of, uh, 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 um, well, it's like a pillow that you can sit on, um, a bit like a dog basket for 
for human beings. And um, <laughs> Pluffle has become a, um, a, an internet sensation and the company is uh, is now worth an awful lot of money. And he's gone from being, um, you know, a, a student uh, in a shared house to, to managing a business um, uh, that uh, is certainly worth hundreds of thousands, if not uh, millions of dollars uh, in a very short period of time. So, you know, there are opportunities uh, in this area. Um, uh, what do you need to think about, though, if you're if you're dreaming of of, of, of riches uh, within minutes as a as a founder of a startup? Uh, I think you're asking the wrong person, Neil, because I'm still, <laughs> I'm still doing podcasts for a living. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, I think I think one of the things that I know is that you know. Uh, it's a lucky dip game. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes it works and many times it doesn't. And so, uh, you know, that whole idea of, um, of, uh, of, of um, startups being, you know, the, the, the route to success, um, maybe it's a route to learning. Um, and by the, by the side of your bachelor's degree, um, maybe that's a, an incredibly powerful thing to do when the risk is low and the learning is high. Absolutely, because you can learn by your successes. You can also learn from your failures, because as you rightly say, not every startup, you know, sudden, is suddenly worth hundreds of thousands or millions. Some are, and, it, and it's great when that happens. Um, but I, I think uh, the message really is, you know, be adventurous, give it a try. Why not? Why yeah. not? When you've got no um, risk and uh, you know, you, you're young and you don't have family obligations, and uh, yep. that's the perfect time to, to go off and do that. And talking of these things, you know, perhaps business, business has changed enormously, hasn't it, in the last few years? Um, how, how, you know, how, do, how does uh, the change in the business world, how does that affect uh, uh, your decisions around which course you choose and and what things you should study? Well, I think that um, the, the, the COVID time really sort of focused people's uh, attention on the possibilities of, of perhaps a, a non-traditional style of working. Traditionally, people would always go into an office, they'd be there with their colleagues, and they would work from one of nine to five or whatever they do. Um, but nowadays, of course, we were forced into a position where we have to do a lot of work online, and many companies have realized that if they put their people out onto, you know, working from home or working from some other location other than an office, they can downsize the amount of office space they have to rent. And this saves them money. And a lot of people like to actually have that flexibility to go somewhere else with, as long as you have a laptop and, uh, and the internet works. Um, in, in a lot of jobs, you can work from pretty much anywhere, um, yeah. whereas other people actually like that sort of social interaction of going to an office and meeting with their colleagues and chatting a bit. I mean, during the COVID times, I was at home for five months working, and I would say that I was far more productive during those five months each day. But less happy. Yeah, less happy, that's true, because <laughs> it, it can get a little lonely uh, just sitting there <laughs> Getting up every, every morning on your own and putting on a white shirt and a tie and, <laughs> and a pair of jeans underneath, of course. And uh, I think, um, yeah. you know, the other thing to say is that university courses have also changed as a result. You know, I've noticed lots of, uh, especially the business bachelors, are, are moving to a hybrid model or, yes. you know, out of their experience through COVID, uh, where they were doing everything online. Um, maybe recording lectures and and doing things in a different way. I've certainly seen a, a, a change there uh, within uh, uh, that world as well. Is that right? Yes, because, I mean, if you imagine a university that has to provide all the facilities of a university to deliver a program, but if they deliver the same program, you know, distance learning online, it's really much, much cheaper. Them. And, uh, or even if it's not, uh, the hybrid model is yeah. one that offers them uh, the ability to uh, be more flexible, offers the students the ability to, to re-look at the lectures, for example, if they're being recorded, um, and to generally you know, um, deepen their understanding in, in a variety of different ways rather than in, in, a, in a very linear uh, fashion. I think it's extremely useful for a student who's sat in on a lecture at a, 
at a university to be able to go back in the evening and just look over it again because it's right. it's on it's on the internet, um, and it, it really aids learning, I believe. Yes, and country for country, um, you know, uh, going back again to, into the the working world, um, I guess there are quite a lot of cultural differences between North America and Europe and and Asia and Southeast Asia. Uh, is that right? Yes, I mean, you can study the basic business models like sales, finance, marketing, HR, PR, advertising, economics, etc. pretty much anywhere. Um, sure. But you do have to remember that you're going to be doing business with people and there are cultural differences. I'll give you one small example. Um, about seven or eight years ago, I went to deliver a training course at the City University in Hong Kong. Right. And it was my first time in, in Asia. And um, normally in, in European countries, you just hand over your business card, you know, with one hand. But I did notice that uh, in Hong Kong, people hold the business card with two hands. And they, they look at you and they offer you the card. And these are the sort of the small things which make a difference. But you don't really learn that when you're doing a business course. You just no. learn that by interacting with people from different cultures. And I think that's a very important thing to remember. One of the things that I've learned, again, through my son's journey, is that, that there's also a cultural difference in terms of uh, expectations uh, around qualifications and degrees. So, um, you know, in North America, uh, the normal route after a business degree is to go and work. Um, and, and the vast majority of, uh, of students, uh, certainly within uh, in our, our realm, uh, they've gone on straight into companies uh, working um, long hours, uh, often in consulting areas. Um, and that's the sort of normal route. Whereas in Europe, um, in business, uh, certainly in Central Europe, Germany, Austria and Switzerland, um, and probably Holland, the academic side is far high, more highly valued, which means that a master's degree, even a doctorate, is incredibly important when you're working in business uh, uh, if you want to um, get to the very top. Uh, do you see those differences as well? I do, yes. Uh, I think that you're quite right. I mean, it's, it's certainly prevalent in, in some European countries that the, the traditional uh, way is that you have to have those extra pieces of paper that prove you've done this course and that course in order to be taken seriously for promotion towards the top of an organization. Whereas in North America and, and to some extent in the UK and other places as well, yeah. um, you know, you, you are required to be able to perform and to do it. And if you can do it, then that's really what counts. Um, so yeah. I think, you know, and, and again, you know, my knowledge probably isn't uh, as deep in, in Asia, but I know um, uh, from living and working in Japan that, that, that each of those um, different uh, areas will have different uh, uh, ideas of, of, of the, the right route through from university into the working world. And they do differ um, uh, quite significantly. Um, I was uh, aware just uh, last week, actually, you know, that pretty much every CEO in Germany uh, has at least one doctor uh, <laughs> title. And they're often doctor, doctor, or even professor, doctor, doctor. And they are running big uh, corporate businesses. Uh, and that's almost never the case in, in North America or the UK, I would uh, suggest. I would agree with you on that one, actually, having worked in Germany and, and now working here in Austria, that's uh, certainly widespread, I would say. So we've got a pretty good picture of the kind of things that you're going to be doing um, after um, studying business. Uh, and thank you, Jeremy. You've given us a good picture also of the kind of things that uh, uh, the courses the, the, that you'll be uh, studying within a business degree. Um, let's zoom in now on how you prepare to apply for a business degree, because, um, you know, it's important to lay the groundwork, is it not? 
It is. I mean, I, I spend a lot of time talking to grade 10 students about the, the subjects they're going to choose for the final two years of school. And depending on what they plan to study at university, they either have to take this subject or that subject in school. But here comes the good part. You can take just about any combination of subjects at school and still be eligible to apply for a business degree. Unless, How fantastic is that? Unless you want to go and specialize in something like accountancy or finance, in which case you need high-level mathematics. But beyond that, it's pretty open. Right, and that, that, that caveat is an important one. You know, uh, and, and it shouldn't be taken lightly either. You know, you do really need a very mathematical brain to be successful in finance. And, um, you know, uh, in the end, uh, these sort of restrictions are set there uh, to enable students to be successful, I guess. Yes, they are. I mean, these uh, requirements by the universities are not just put there for fun. They're there for a reason, because they know that if a student is going to survive or thrive on a course, they need to come into that course with a certain level of skills and knowledge. Um, I mean, you've just given the example of accountancy of finance. I mean, you do actually have to be good at math. Just, scra just scraping through school mathematics and then going into university where it's obviously a whole new ball game. Uh, that's just not going to cut it, I'm afraid. And I think that's very important for, for you know, students at high school uh, uh, and their families uh, to understand. You know, you can work really hard at math and you can, you know, manage to get the grade just uh, if you really, really try hard. But if you are thinking of a career in these areas, you really need to be good at it and love it, I guess. Uh, yes. You know, the yes. mathematical side of the world. Yeah, you, you need to have that passion for mathematics. Indeed, indeed. So let's get back over to the other side then. What other kind of skills uh, uh, do students need uh, in order to be well prepared for their applications? Well, you as a student are probably unaware that you already have a useful array of soft skills uh, that are much sought after in the business world. Right. Um, if, if we just take a look at a few of them, writing skills. Obviously, you do this every day in school. Uh, you need to consider how effective you as an individual are writing. And, really important. Yeah, and because you have to communicate in any job, and part of that communication is going to be in written form. Um, so if you're not so good at writing, then think about ways you could improve that. Language skills. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, cool. language skills, of course, um, in international schools, uh, many students speak multiple languages, uh, which is not always the case uh, in, in many countries. And so that already puts you ahead because businesses do businesses, business internationally, and they value people who are able to go out and talk to customers and clients in their own language. So if you speak two or three or four languages, that's a big plus for you. And and I think, uh, you know, these things are, are things, you, of course, you can work on writing skills you mentioned earlier. Mm. You, know, uh, uh, you know, maybe it's more difficult to, to, to develop your mathematical skills, but the language skills, good, good writing can be learned. Um, uh, and, and so, you know, making sure that, that you, you, you emphasize that uh, is important. Um, I guess presentation skills are also uh, really, really important. Yes, very important, um, because you will already have given presentations in class during school. Um, you, you may be called upon to do this quite frequently. Um, and the, this is a skill which you can use and hone when you get to university and, and beyond. Right. And, and the ability to present ideas logically is something that, that uh, you know, students don't generally think about, but is a critical uh, uh, skill for, for, for studying business, is it not? I think so, because you as a student in school have probably already noticed that some teachers are better presenters than others. I mean, all of your teachers will probably be experts in their subject area, but some are just able to present to the audience, you, the students, better than others. So you need to have a think about how you're going to present to people and, right. and really be able to reach out and engage with the, with the audience. This is really what presentational skills are all about. I was actually uh, honored to be invited to um, a presentation of speech by 
former President Bill Clinton of the United States. And he was, I always thought that he was a very engaging speaker when I saw him on television. But to be in a small gathering of maybe 70 or 80 people with him standing at the front, he had this, this skill to reach out and draw the audience in. It was a remarkable thing to witness. Now, you don't all have to be President of the United States, but you do need to think about your presentational skills and how you're going to approach the audience. And other stuff? Well, self-management, independent learning, planning, meeting deadlines, all of these skills you'll need uh, at university and beyond. And of course, you practice all of these in the IB diploma or whichever um, school leaving course you're on. <laughs> and then we have communication, spoken and written. We've talked a little bit about both already uh, in terms of presentational skills and writing skills. But you think about it, you do this every day in school. Uh, you are right. communicating constantly. And some people are naturally more open and communicative than others. But nevertheless, all of you will have done communication of some sort in school. And then there's the ability to present ideas logically to your audience, because every time you present something in class, you've had to plan it so it flows logically and makes sense to the audience. And this ties in with what we we're saying about presentational skills just now. Right. And then perhaps very, very important is teamwork. Um, your teachers in school will often require you to work on a project or uh, as part of a team. Um, so you've already done quite a lot of teamwork uh, in school. And this is something you'll definitely be doing when you get out there into the world of business. Then there's leadership. Maybe you've taken the lead in preparing a presentation in class. Perhaps you're the type of person who captain of a sports team. All of these things hone your leadership skills. And beyond that, we have problem solving. Some people are very analytical and they're very good at uh, solving various problems uh, right. as they go up through school. Data analysis, this comes in into that category as well. Think about your mathematics class, your economics class, or, or many other classes too. You are given a certain amount of data and you have to analyze it and write some sort of essay or report, come up with some conclusions. Um, and the ability to be self-critical, not always an easy one, this. Um, a lot of people like to think that they have the right answers and they're doing it so well. Um, but self-reflection is important because if you're going to get better at something, you need to stop and think about how you are approaching the task and how you can improve it. And it's a good idea, of course, also to reach out to other people for feedback. Right. Then we have numeracy. You don't have to be a math genius. Uh, unless, of course, you want to specialize in accountancy is what we were talking about just now. But you do need to be normally uh, literate in the uh, area of uh, mathematics. IT skills, well, of course, there's no escaping IT these days. You don't necessarily have to write code or anything like that. But you do need to be you know, reasonably proficient in using all the usual software packages that you come across on a day-to-day basis. And most of you have done this already. Research skills. Um, research plays a, a major role in a lot of areas of business. You have so, to go. so let's, all of this is already inside most of the students. Yes, uh, it is. Talking yeah. to. So the trick is to actually uh, be able to talk about it in your application, I guess, uh, uh, to actually know that these are the kind of things that are important and actually to, to explicitly either develop them or write about them or talk about them through the application process. Is that right? Yes. Um, soft skills or transferable skills are extremely important and highly valued. Um, so you need to be able to talk about these on your application. As an example, don't just say something like, um, I was captain of the football team. You need to talk about how you honed your interpersonal skills, your leadership skills, um, your punctuality, because you have to show up on time for training. All of these soft skills flow from each and every activity which you participate in. But you just need to sit down and think. I'm doing this activity, and as a result, I had to use these particular soft or transferable skills. And then you can write right. about those on your application. So we sort of understand the kind of things that need to be included in your application. 
But what's the best way of approaching choosing uh, the right business course for you? Because there, there are many and various, uh, are they not? There certainly are. There's probably more business degrees on offer than almost any other subject, uh, right. which pre presents you with a dilemma which one to pick. So you yep. need to consider a, a few priorities, and, and we can offer you a few tips here. Um, you need to choose a degree at a university you're excited about studying at. The, the university, I mean, uh, because mm -hmm. you do actually have to go and live there. You don't only study there. So the university and the university environment, the campus, etc., has to be the right fit for you. Then looking beyond that, um, see if you can find a, uh, a degree course that includes a placement year. This is a year where right. you go out and work in a company to gain experience. And anybody doing a business degree is extremely valuable to do this. So typically right. you would be studying at the university, say year one, year two, year three, they'll send you to work in a company. And in many countries, it's a paid internship or placement year. Right, and that word nice. internship is the same as, as a is, placement, yes. isn't it? Yeah, internship, placement, yeah. Um, so they'll send you out to work in a company. You, the universities organize this because they sign contracts with companies and the company contracts to give you a proper business work experience. You're not just there to be used as cheap labor to make tea and do photocopying. It's a real job. You're there, you work as part of the team. And right. it, it's a great way for you to experience the real adult world of work. And if you're very fortunate, the company might even offer you a job. Um, it happened to one of my sons, um, he did this and um, the company liked him and said, go back to your university and finish up your final year and come back and work for us. But even if right. they don't say that, you've gained some very, very useful experience and had a, um, a, a profitable and useful year, I would say. Okay. And then beyond that, you need to look very carefully at the course content because, because it's called a business degree at one university, it won't be the same as a business degree at another university. So what you need to do is to go onto the website and look very, very carefully about what units you study, year one, year two, year three, and just ask yourself the question, is this what I want to study? And if the answer is yes, then you can leave that particular university on your possibility list. Um, yeah. Does the university offer the breadth of opportunity you're looking for? Some universities don't have such a range of different business units or electives as others. Normally the larger universities have more electives on offer. Um, do you have a particular goal in mind? I mean, some students already know which area they'd like to work in. For example, maybe you want to go and work in your family business. There are actually specific business programs tailored exactly to that. Um, and also very important, does the university have an extensive alumni network? Because contacts are vital in business. Uh, because as I mentioned before, you are doing business with people and you need to get out there and have contacts and know people. Right. And, and do you have uh, any sort of quick tips for, um, you know, if you can giving for people who are preparing to study for business? Uh, um, maybe working summer vacation, um, give us an idea of, of the kind of things that, uh, uh, that students should do when they're preparing uh, to study a business course. Well, uh, the one thing you've mentioned already, of course, uh, go out and, and get some experience in, in a company. Okay, it's only going to be for a couple of weeks, probably a month, maybe during summer vacation. And the, the way to find one of these internships is to uh, tap into your parents' professional contacts. If your parents are working in business, that's probably the best way to proceed with that. Um, right. And then, of course, and within the school, yeah, as, as within I was the just saying, context, uh, you know. Well, with, within school, um, obviously, you need to make sure you're getting good grades because that right, works sure. like far, far more opportunities for you at prestigious universities. And what about business clubs and things like that? Yeah, a lot of schools have a business club, and if they don't, then you can uh, found one. And that will look very good, of course, because you have uh, taken the initiative to get out there and do something uh, off your own initiative. Uh, so I think that's that, certainly that, a top that tip. Be, it is, yes. <laughs> and what about other activities? Uh, I guess anything that develops those skills that we were talking about earlier? 
Yes, yeah, um, because you're going to have to present yourself as being a sort of a keen, dynamic, potential student to the university when you uh, make your application. Right. Okay, so all of those things need to be considered uh, uh, when you're preparing to, to apply. Uh, and obviously, you know, um, really drilling into the content of the course and, and, and making sure that you're staying, studying in the place that you want to be. Um, uh, another thing that perhaps we haven't mentioned uh, uh, is rankings. We did just did an episode on that. Um, how uh, how um, much uh, importance should students be giving to the rankings of their specific courses or indeed the specific universities they're considering? Well, I think we have to talk about rankings in conjunction with your grades, because if you want to go to a highly ranked university, you know, a top university, then you're going to need to have top grades. That's the first thing to understand. Now, how do you find out where the highly ranked universities are or the best universities or the top universities? Well, this is why rankings exist and they are powerful marketing tools for the universities. Um, I would say this, you can look at rankings, but don't think that something that's for a university that's ranked number seven is necessarily better than the one that's ranked number 11. First of all, because they flip round each year. And secondly, you cannot predict how these rankings are going to be the year you graduate from university <laughs> three, or, three or four years down the road. But I do think rankings are useful to a certain extent in they sort of flag up, for example, where the top 20 universities are, where the next 20 are. And then I think you need to just go in there and try and match the universities with the grades you've got. And also the other things like, do you want to be in the middle of a big city or a campus university? As I mentioned before, it's quite important that you actually select the right university environment as well as the right, right business program. So in terms of applying for business, I guess it's just the same sort of process as every other course, is it not? Yes, it is. Uh, of course, that will depend uh, on what country you are living in, applying to. But yes, it is the same process. Right. And so, you know, refer across to our other podcasts and, and make sure that you're uh, uh, thinking about um, the kind of process that you undertake if you're going to the US or the UK, Canada, um, um, because, uh, uh, you know, the application process is different uh, depending on the location. Is the cost different as well, depending on the location? <laughs> it most certainly is. Um, <laughs> the, the cost varies from free in some locations up to maybe $70,000 a year. Just wow. De just depends where you want to go and how much you want to pay. Indeed. And, and you know, we've talked about it before, but cost isn't necessarily an indicator of quality. Uh, it can be, but it, but it isn't necessarily. Is that right? That's very true, because some countries, of course, fund their university system with taxpayers' money. And if it's entirely funded with taxpayers' money, then you end up paying perhaps a, a low tuition fee or even free. But nevertheless, you've still got the quality there. Other countries have private universities which are entirely funded by tuition fees. Therefore, they're going to be higher, the tuition fees, I mean. Sure. And so, you know, if you're thinking about studying business, it's a good place to start is to <laughs> yes. work out the opportunity benefit <laughs> of, um, of one against the other. But don't be conned into believing that uh, uh, because something is uh, expensive, that it's necessarily the right place for you. Uh, and in, in previous podcasts, we've also mentioned uh, often the ticket price uh, is different to what actually people are paying. Yes, it is, uh, particularly in the United States, because there's a very well-developed uh, system of financial aid. So the sticker price may say 70000 but what you end up paying could well be substantially less, uh, depending on okay. you, of course, and uh, how much they or how badly they want to recruit you. Indeed. So there's a broad spectrum there and 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 it's worthwhile really uh digging around and looking at the different options and indeed we'll be covering uh, many of those options in university spotlights and uh, and other other podcasts uh, uh, to help you on your journey so finally jeremy if you could sum everything up um you know Studying business, uh, what are the key things to, to remember and the key things to think about? 
Well, when, you, when you're looking around for business courses, uh, you need to do your research and you need to be very clear about what each course is offering you. You also need to be aware that, that you have a certain level of skills and a certain level of self-awareness of your skills, because that's important in the way you present yourself to the university. And of course, the usual, uh, the grades that you have. Then you need to think about where is this course going to lead me in terms of uh, after university and your career? So you need right. to think carefully about all of these things. And one of the big pluses of studying business uh, is its breadth, isn't it? Because yes. it does allow you a huge number of opportunities after studying, whereas many other courses, uh, subject areas, just don't offer that uh, level of flexibility after graduation. Yes, because we talked at the very beginning of this podcast, uh, we gave a little snapshot of some of the multitude of different jobs that you can do if you have a business degree. So it's very exciting because it opens up a lot of different areas of work for you. And of course, uh, the opportunity to work internationally, if that's what you wish. Thank you so much, Jeremy. That's uh, been really insightful and informative. Um, I think, uh, you know, many, many students who are listening to this will have uh, hopefully uh, understood uh, a little bit more about the, the breadth and opportunity that business offers uh, students. Um, uh, tonight, uh, what are you uh, going to be munching on? It's cheese sandwich time, I think. Oh, no, I've got to be on my bread here, so it won't be cheese sandwich time. I think it's cheese and biscuits time. But uh, Cheese I, and biscuits. Well, because I've, I've been away visiting university over the weekend, and I haven't quite got around to going to the shop yet. Um, it's, it's one of those sort of moments where you go and look in the fridge and eat whatever is left over in there. It's a, it's a well, sad, sad evening meal, I'm afraid, as far as my Whatever it is, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, and thank you so much for your time today. But just before you go, Neil, on this very, mm. top, on this very topic, you, I hope you're sitting comfortably when I tell you this because you'll fall off your chair. I have just been awarded a certificate at an Italian uh, culinary uh, training course. You're not I, serious. Tell me about it. I am being serious. Totally serious. It's, it's, a, it's the Italian cheese sandwich uh, uh, institute, or what? Cheese sandwiches were yesterday. This is Italian haute cuisine. I know haute cuisine. I know haute cuisine is French. I don't actually know the Italian exactly. phrase. <laughs> but anyway, yes, how to make classy food. Yes. And how did you get that? I, th I may have some pictures that I can post somewhere, but yes, yes, indeed. Uh, mm. When I went to visit Marist University in Florence, um, on the Sunday, um, we, we were working Saturday and Sunday there. They sort of lightened things up a bit for us. And they took us to one of these professional kitchens where they trained chefs. And there was a chef out the front who demonstrated how to make this particular dish. And then we, the you know, students, actually had to do it. And, and then we had to eat it afterwards. What did you make, Jeremy? Um, first of all, we actually made spaghetti. I don't mean pouring out of a packet. I mean actually making it from dough. Ooh. Oh, I know. And then we made a very nice vegetarian sort of bolognese sauce to go with it. And then we made creme, creme brulee. And, yeah. and Wow. They, and that's, they, but we, that's we, we didn't have to make the wine we drank with it. That was, <laughs> that was provided. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe and share the Find Your Best Future podcast.